3: Welcome to Ireland's Birth Stories, a podcast created for women to share their experiences with pregnancy and birth. My name is Cora Gurnan and I've created this space to enable women to share their experiences from start to finish without feeling shy about the detail. The podcast is currently brought to you by Waterful Plastic Free Baby Wipes, which contain 99.9% purified water and are both fragrance-free and alcohol-free. The wipes are made from natural cellulose plant fibres, making them so much softer and kinder to delicate skin. Waterful Baby Wipes are hyperallergenic, having been extensively tested by dermatologists and are approved by the Skin Health Alliance and Allergy UK accepted by the National Eczema Association and are also certified by Cruelty Free International and the Vegan Society. Waterful baby wipes are 100% plastic free, 100% biodegradable and 100% compostable. Breaking down in a matter of weeks they are the best choice for our planet and also your baby's future. Available for purchase in Tesco, selected super values and can be bought in bulk size on Amazon. Kindful, mindful and waterful. So before I introduce my guest this week, my guest Katie, I just wanted to touch on our space, This space we created on the website a couple of months ago, but has only taken off really in the past few weeks because I've just started chatting about it again. So it's a space for you to chat to other women who are pregnant or who have just had their baby uh, basically for support, to have experiences, to forge friendships. But also there's a space on there called What's Mine Is Yours, and that's for you to post any pre-loved items that you want to either sell or give away for free and also if you're looking for any items just pop up a request to see if anyone has anything um knocking around the house which I'm sure a lot of us do especially in the stage that I am and um, the drawers are being cleared out so I'm discovering stuff that I never even opened so that's what's popping up on the on the category there over on our space so I will leave a link in the show notes if you want to sign up in this week's episode, I share my chat with Katie, who talks me through her journey to motherhood. So, Katie suffered an ectopic pregnancy. She has suffered early pregnancy loss. She gave birth to her first little boy via emergency C-section after spending six weeks in hospital just before his arrival. She, her next birth experience, was an elective elective cesarean birth. And then she gave birth to her most recent little baby via elective cesarean birth as well. She did have her heart set on a VBAC, but she in the end made the right decision for her. So there's lots in this episode. She also discusses PCOS and she shares each of her three experiences with breastfeeding as well. So lots in this episode. Thank you, Katie, for being so honest and sharing as much as you did. As always, I really appreciate it. Enjoy and I will chat to you all next week. Katie, you are very welcome to the Earl's Birth Stories podcast. Thank you for coming on to chat with me this evening. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So do you just want to begin by giving us a little introduction to you and your family?
0: Yeah, so um, I'm Katie. I'm married to my um, husband, for nearly four years. Uh, we're together nearly nine years and we have three children, um, uh, two boys Alex and Bobby who are seven and five and then I've just welcomed most recently my daughter and final addition to the family Cara who's now 10 weeks old yeah (laughs) she is I'm I'm savouring every moment of it
3: so will we go ahead and chat about your pregnancies with the boys and then we'll really deep dive into your most recent pregnancy with your little girl
0: yeah, well, I suppose just before I had um Alex and Bobby um in a, my previous relationship, I would have had an ectopic pregnancy um, okay. and I would have had then a miscarriage as well. Um, so yeah, I suppose those two were kind of very um, uh, I don't, don't want to say difficult times, very kind of tough times, and that's what made my pregnancy journey when I met my current husband so difficult um thankfully with my topic pregnancy it was treated with methotrexate and I you know my tubes were saved and I didn't need to have any medical intervention and likewise with the miscarriage it was very early on and again there was no medical intervention needed for that but that's what paved the way to I suppose understanding how difficult it was for for me to get pregnant um you know uh, and did
3: you have symptoms that you were having an ectopic pregnancy or did no okay I, I didn't know
0: I hadn't a clue I went to like our local
3: A&E A&E you know with
0: thinking I was going to be diagnosed with appendicitis or you know some kind of kidney infection and it was there you know I was told you're pregnant and they had to rush me into Hollis Street by ambulance um that evening and uh yeah just just kind of just happened so fast um and I was in so much pain that I I want to say I didn't care but at the time I just need whatever was going on to, to not yeah. not cause me any more pain and it was then only after I suppose kind of that all happened then you kind of process it and realise oh oh my God you know the severity mm-hmm. of the situation. And um, so I use the word lucky quite a lot and I probably use that quite a lot throughout the throughout the conversation. But I know so many people who haven't been as lucky as I have been so yes it's not nice to have lost but I'm so lucky as well to have what I have with with all of my medical issues that I that I have going on. So I kind of keep that always at the forefront of everything because there are just people out there that just don't don't get to be as lucky as I am. So that's, that, that's how
3: I have to look at it. And do you know how many weeks gestation you were um, with your early pregnancy loss?
0: I was about six weeks. So I knew I was pregnant at that stage. I had um, got a uh, confirmed... Um, confirmed it um and I'd booked my GP's appointment and I think a couple of days before my GP's appointment I spot I noticed a bit of spotting. Um and because obviously with the ectopic pregnancy I would have been very cautious of you know it happening again. And so I just went straight into A and E in Street and yeah it was it was there then within a, within a couple of hours you know they were like what do you think is the situation and I said I don't think I don't think uh, the baby's made it and she said yeah you know uh, there's no heartbeat and it's just so and thankfully you know there was no medical intervention needed I didn't you know it wasn't a very painful uh, experience to go through it was like the period I didn't you know I didn't have crying or anything like that and you know passed very quickly and you know I suppose it kind of it kind of put paved the way for for the future for for myself and and my partner at that time and we just weren't in the same places as as each other and we parted ways very amicably and that's then when I met my my now husband
3: and we have our three children now so so let's chat about your third pregnancy then was your third pregnancy planned
0: um, the third pregnancy, I I always I always when I hear you ask this question, I always think to myself, well, sure, if you're going to be doing it, sure, every pregnancy is planned. So it wasn't. We had talked about children. We hadn't planned on having children straight away, but obviously, you know, it happened. Um, so I like to say it was planned, you know, because we were partaking in 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 that act, knowing what the result could be. Um, but it was a bit of a surprise because. Um when I had my ectopic pregnancy and my marriage um, at that point they had diagnosed me with possible endometriosis. There were so many different kind of conditions on the cards with cysts and my ovaries that they found during those two two uh things. So I never really thought that you know fertility was going to I I didn't really think that fertility was going to be possible for me. So it wasn't something I had explored. Um but yeah, peed on the stick in October uh 2013 and everything you know changed and it was like wow like I'm actually pregnant and then you've obviously got that fear is it an yeah. ectopic pregnancy you're hanging on to every cramp you're you know every pain but you know once I got a referral for the early pregnancy unit in in Hollis Street and they confirmed the the second and everything there of like six weeks so I'm again I'm very lucky I have like pictures of my my first born from like when he was like five weeks seven weeks nine weeks so I have all of those memories that again nobody else you know unless it was a routine pregnancy or unless there was a deal pregnancy would get to have so I was very um very lucky to see to see it um develop like that um, so yeah, everything went fine. Everything was going fine. I did the combined, I was public in Hollow Street and I did the combined care. So um, it was between um, my own DP um, up in Lockman's Town Hospital. They do um, the midwife-led unit and then um, into Hollow Street then for my kind of major scan and things like that. So everything was going great with that pregnancy up until I'm going to say about 24 weeks. Um, so because I was doing the combined care, I um, I was in Lachlanstown Hospital and so you go there every two weeks or so just for checkups so I went there and they, kept refer- they referred me into um, Hollis Street they took urine samples blood samples and they were watching for protein in my urine which was kind of creeping up as each kind of day passed okay. so another two weeks passed that's fine went back into Lachlanstown so every time I went into Lachlanstown they kept sending me back into the, the hospital and, and the 28 weeks they had established that you know, we're really looking at the pops possibility of preeclampsia, Um so they said they'd do one. Uh, they they do differently now, but they they would do this thing where they would do like a twenty four hour collection, so to go home with the bucket and collect all my urine for twenty four hours, um, and bring it back in, and um, they'd analyse that and see if if the protein had had increased even further. And they were just about to discharge me and um, send me home. You know, to come back again in a week. And the results came back from that uh, urine sample. And that was the last, uh, the, that that morning was the last morning I was in my house before before baby arrived. So they had me in hospital um, unit three up there in Hollis Street is incredible. All the staff are just amazing people. I don't know how they do it every day. Um, but yeah, I spent a good six weeks of my, my life up there um, from 29 weeks to about 35 weeks and the constant monitoring your blood pressure wasn't allowed to leave I eventually swayed the consultant to let me go for an hour a couple of the days just to go over to Grafton Street to buy stuff for my baby because I hadn't even you know there wasn't even a bag packed I think I bought a cot and you know a few bits and bobs but nothing was done like the house wasn't even like a 29 weeks it's not really something you'd be you'd be jumping straight into doing Um so yeah, um my husband had to pack my bag for me, you know, didn't have anything with me when I was in hospital that day. Um so yeah, it's like you know, you're getting you're getting clothes brought in that you don't really want, but you have to say thanks because they're trying their best, you know, like things like that. So it was very tough. Um, but yeah, we managed to get to 35 weeks and then my blood pressure just really hit the roof and no amount of medication was taken down. So we decided then I was 29, I think it was 29 in two days or something like that and they decided okay look we'll we'll induce you and so I had the gel sorry 35 weeks and so they gave me the gel and um four four doses of the gel um over kind of 24 hours and nothing was kind of really
3: I was getting contractions but it wasn't really progressing and so they decided to break my waters. Can I just ask you a question so you were in there for six weeks and Yeah, Um, it must have been incredibly hard to be in there for six weeks. So setting that aside, you then were going to give birth to your first baby. So did you that's another another thing to deal with. And then you have to think of the house isn't ready. I'm not ready. So when how did you prepare yourself mentally? How did you did you attend classes when you were in there? Did you do anything to kind of did you have preferences or what what type of what what had you done to prepare
0: all I had was um, there was a book, and um, my auntie dropped me in one day what to expect when you're expecting, you know, that yeah, big, yeah. massive book. So I read that. Um, I wasn't allowed to go to... MS3. Multiple times over, I'd
3: say. It's so much time.
0: <laughs> I, I was looking back through like a, a notebook from my time there in the hospital and I was like, ideal baby routine. So feed him at seven, feed him at 11, feed him at three. <laughs> and, and now that I'm obviously, you know, three babies in, I'm looking at them like, what was I thinking? And <laughs> um, you know, I had all these ideas in my head of how it was going to go. But it just went completely, you know, it just went how it was supposed to go and not by the book. And um, see, so yeah, I had that book, which I read um, dipped in and out of um, I wasn't allowed to leave the hospital so I couldn't attend I got one antenatal class in prior to being admitted and um, eventually some consultant said look guys she's gonna need some kind of class yeah. so can we get her into something so they let me walk from so that they, they do the, the antenatal classes in, in in another part of the hospital you have to go outside and then around the corner and then up into Marion Hall or I don't know where it's just literally around the corner about two minutes and uh, finally convinced uh, the consultant eventually agreed to let me go with one of those um healthcare, you know the like special assistance nurses like, <laughs> to walk me around sit in the back of the antenatal class and then walk me back oh my goodness um, just in case something happened yeah. I suppose they were very worried about me and at the time I was really annoyed I was like I'm stuck in here I've got so much to do and I wasn't thinking about you know the potential risks mm. that, that that were that came with preeclampsia you know like death and so that was just not my, my my agenda and i think at one point my mom my mom said to me she's like okay hey, you have to stop like this is you're not here because you know they they want to annoy you you're here because you you know it's serious and i was like yeah, you know what you're right so I gave up. I gave up getting get angry and 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 sad, and I just accepted that this is where I was going to be for for the next couple of weeks, and that made the experience much better. And then there was another lady with me as well. She was expecting twins, and she had very similar um, issues to myself. And you know, you kind of all make friends on the on on the ward, and you get advice from other moms because you know I. Again, I'm going to say the words, I was very lucky. I was very lucky I didn't have children at home. You know, I remember there was a mom in the corridor, and she was like, well done, darling. You know, you did your first wee-wee in the potty. You know, you're amazing. So she's obviously, you know, missing all of these little milestones with her daughter at home. And so, yeah, again, yes, it could have been better. You know, it would have been nicer to have a better ending to my first pregnancy. But in the grand scheme of things, it wasn't too bad, all things considered. And so, yeah, I had... um, the, the induction I had the gel and um, you know did the, I think they did it four times over the, the 24 hours and it was grand it was you know you felt the contractions but nothing kind of really too major and um, they were painful but you just it was it was fine and then they decided to break my worries and then the contractions ramped up a little bit more and um, then they kind of started to slow down so they put me on they call this, uh, the trace the, the heart monitor um so I so I got ju- a juice I started the gels on the Friday and then Sunday morning they put me on the the monitor and every time I got a contraction my son's heart rate just kept dropping really really low so um yeah they brought me down I was on the the the, the unit three ward and then they brought me down to the labor ward and they were going to do the what's the pe- 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 no not pe- whatever the oxytocin is it, that they that they use for for induction and the consultant said no the the heart rate is dropping too low we'll, we'll have to have to um do surgery and then another consultant came in about a half an hour later and they were watching the the trace and they're like oh, like she, he's actually stabilized we could probably just give her that medication that stops you from getting infections and let her go for another two weeks and I'm looking at them like you know now my blood pressure's going up even higher <laughs> it's like can we just get the you know like it's, it's over now I'm I'm I can't I can't do anymore and I was I was getting you know very tired and like high blood pressure you know is is very uh very hard to deal with and you know at the best of times when you're not even growing a baby so um yeah my husband just said look you know she's had enough she's been through the she's been through the mill she's here five weeks six weeks it's better for this baby now if 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 he comes out so we did um so I had an emergency section um and he arrived he wasn't breathing Um they do like an APGAR score and his APGAR score was zero for like the first three minutes so it was like terrifying you're waiting for that first scream and eventually it happened uh, I was showing him and um, very briefly and then he was whisked, whisked off to the NICU and um, no he only spent two days in the NICU thank god uh, he didn't need to have much intervention um, just a little bit of health breathing at the start uh, but you know, overall he was doing, he was doing fine. So he was brought down to the, I I recovered quite well as well, you know, from the epidural and everything from the section. So then I got him brought down to the ward two days later to me. So as it was public, uh, there was an award with all these other mothers who had their babies. And I just had an cot with a balloon beside me. Um, Look, again, I suppose there are other mothers out there that just don't get to, don't get to have that cot beside them. So, yeah, it was a couple of days before he came down to me and I couldn't go up to him because I needed assistance with after having a section. Um, so it was you're relying on healthcare staff and you know, my husband obviously trying to get in and then so he's like do I bring you up? Can I bring you up? Am I allowed? then they wouldn't let me walk up uh, had to get a wheelchair. So it was just, it was messy. Um, anyway, we got him, got him down to the ward and all was going well. Um, we tried breastfeeding, but he just wasn't having any of it. Um, and I just wasn't able for it. I just didn't have the energy after everything that I'd been through. Um, so we went, opted for a formula and then he wouldn't be, so he just wouldn't drink, you know, you'd be, He'd be there trying to force five meals, ten meals into him, and he just wouldn't eat, wouldn't drink, um and then he ended up with jaundice. So it was he was under the the UV lights then beside my bed, so that added an extra week onto my stay in the hospital. Um, and uh, once the jaundice cleared, then he was able to come home, and we got him home, and the public health nurse came and sent him back into the hospital again, and. He ended up having to stay another two nights under the UV lights um, in the NICU um, because of the jaundice, and then he came back and we're feeding him again. You know, we'd be celebrating getting an ounce into him. You know, be like, "Yes, he's got it's thirty hard. mils." It's and so you know, yeah. other babies are like, you know, drinking four ounces at this stage. Yeah. We're like, and it was every three hours, and you'd have to set your alarm, and it would take the guts of an hour and a half to feed him but the 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 insert and a half you're trying to get into them and then you're starting it all over again so yeah it was um and I I, I suppose I'm a control freak as well and I just I just wanted to do it myself I didn't want anybody else to do it because if something went wrong it was on me, it wasn't on anyone else, you know, like, so, you know, if, if, if he had to go back into the hospital, at least I know I've done everything. Whereas if he didn't, or if he had to go into the hospital and I had let other people feed him, I'd be like, well, that's because you fed him, do you know? So, yeah, yeah. um, or you didn't feed him properly, you know? So I just needed to be in control of that because I couldn't control anything else. You know, I wasn't able to control how I wanted to deliver my baby. So, um, for the first kind of couple of weeks, it was like I just I just couldn't let go. I had to had to keep him at all times, um, and he was so tiny. He was born at five pounds three ounces, and then he dropped down to like four pounds. I think he was like four pounds seven. And um, so yeah, it was just it was just a very tiny, scrawny little baby, and just like even for the first couple of months, like every time I was a public nurse, they were like, okay, I think you need to bring him back in. His weight gain just isn't there. And eventually after about after about three visits to the hospital, um, after being sent back in, I just, I was like, my son just eats this amount and that's it. You know, he is gaining weight. He's not obviously gaining as much weight as he should, but he's putting on weight. You know, if it's a, if it's a hundred grams or 200 grams, mm. that's, that's what he's putting on. So he's obviously getting something. And um, so I just, so when I would go to see them, they'd be like, yeah, we're going to send you back into Street. I'd be like, okay, yeah, no problem. And I just go home. I probably shouldn't have, but it was it constant because I go into Hollis Street and they'd be like, "Yeah, he's fine. He's just he's 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 what he is for himself. This is what he, he 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 is." So, you know, like the fact that he is gaining weight, that's all we need to see. You know how fast he's gaining it. You know, if, if it was a couple of months down the line and still wasn't there, then fair enough, we'd have to look at something else. But you know, he's doing it in, at his pace. And and, and and that's just it so you'd be hours in the hospital you'd be waiting for blood tests to come back you'd be and then you just get sent home saying he's fine he's keep doing what you're doing so eventually after about three visits there I gave up and yeah and I think for the first two years of his life he just never ate now he's making up for all his lost time and he just constantly eats. I don't know how he copes in school with the amount of times the fridge is open during lockdown for him to eat like every hour. What's for lunch now? And what's after lunch? And what's after
3: dinner? So um I'm not worried about him now. He's flying flying it now. Um how did you feel? Did you feel like you suffered any trauma after everything that you went through? You know, um, I know it's such a such a such a taboo thing, we don't really talk about
0: it that much, but um, I actually, I started to go to counselling just after, yeah. just just two weeks ago, and um, just to, I suppose I, I'm an overthinker, and um, I find I just overthink situations to the point where you know I'm I'm just I'm killing myself in my head, you know, I'm t- using so much energy overthinking and not just just getting on with life. So I decided to go uh, to go to counselling and, um, you know, the counsellor asked me, when did the overthinking start? And I said, gosh, probably would have been roughly about the time that my first son was born. And she was like, and how was that birth for you? And I was like, oh, it's really bad. Or it was, I said it was grand, but, you know, I had to, I had to stay in hospital and I had to do this. He was like, Katie, that was a traumatic birth. And I was like, OK. And he was like, that's where your overthinking has come from. And it was like a light bulb bent off in my head. So, yeah, I'm only seeking counseling now after seven years and i had absolutely no idea that it was impacting me um until i had that conversation two weeks ago and so yeah anybody out there that's had a traumatic birth like that that thinks they're okay um maybe they are but maybe you're not and i would definitely if i could turn back time i would i would have gone much earlier but i didn't know I, i didn't know i had a problem until now so
3: do you want to move on to your next birth your next pregnancy
0: yeah so then um again I, again i suppose planned in the sense that you know we knew the yeah. risks of of, of having unprotected. I like but, how you're putting
3: that. Actually, I really like how you're putting that. Yeah, <laughs> so you're like, well, we know what's going to happen.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like we knew we, yeah. we knew it was going to happen. But again, with my ovaries and everything, we're like, yeah, you know, it's just it's 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 probably not, uh, not not possible. And um, but yeah, it it happened. Um, I remember I was I was in work and I was walking through Liffey Valley Shopping Centre and I just felt my boobs and I was like, oh, they're sore. And my, I so I I would have had like mad periods for from when I first got them. Like they'd be, you know, get a period this month and not get a period for two months. They could be every five weeks, every two weeks, every six weeks. They were very unpredictable. So like um, any of those um, uh, conception sticks, what do you call them, the ovulation sticks. Uh, wouldn't work well in I'd have to pee on so many of them to actually find out when I was ovulating because it could be so hit and miss um so yeah I just yeah I wasn't really expecting to to be pregnant because you know my period is all over the place um but I yeah I just felt my boobs and I was like that's something's not right here so I just ran into boots and grabbed a test and I was like I'll just do it in the bathroom before I go back to work because uh you know just make sure that that, that, that there's nothing wrong." and I wasn't expecting to see the two blue lines and um yeah sure enough it was so I rang my husband and I was like um I think we're gonna need an extra place at the table next year and he was like what are you talking about and I was like yeah uh, I think I'm pregnant so, you know, you're like, okay, can I go home from work? You know, and your boss everything's everything else. again like, fine. grand. Uh, but I'm very good friends with my boss. So I just pulled her to one side. Because obviously with the ectopic pregnancy and everything that had gone mm-hmm. on, um, I wanted to make sure she knew that, you know, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't going to be, I might not be there if 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 things weren't, weren't going to work out or if I needed to be in hospital a bit more. So I just pulled her to one side and I just said, look, I'm pregnant um and yeah so I told her very early and that was it Then until we kind of got to the the 12-week mark everything was fine I wasn't referred to the early pregnancy unit by my doctor but the hospital picked up my chart and they sent me out a, a, an early appointment so I got scanned I think this time at nine weeks uh, there was no cramping there was no spatting everything was fine um and yeah uh, it was the smoothest pregnancy I've ever had out of them mall um you know your usual aches and pains are the one thing that i tend to have gotten with all of my pregnancies is carpal tunnel syndrome okay and um, that was fairly yeah it was fairly painful now with this in with Bobby's uh, pregnancy to my, my second child but um yeah everything was going grand no issues of blood pressure and you know we got to kind of like the 24 week mark and they asked me did I want to do the combined care again or did I want to just stick with the hospital and I said look I'll just stick with the mm. hospital because I was sick of going to the combined care and then being transferred into the hospital every single time um, so I was sitting in that cattle cattle in Hollis Street, you know, where you move around the chair till you get there. But now looking back, um, I wouldn't change it for the world. Like you know, like yeah, it's 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 annoying sitting there, but you know, like when 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 you're never when when you're in your head when you know that you're never going to be sitting in those chairs again, you savor every every minute that you're in 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 that room for that experience. Um, but yeah, so everything was grand. Got to twenty four weeks, twenty five weeks, twenty six weeks. Absolutely no issues. They were constantly checking my blood pressure every week. I was in blood blood taken, you know, heart monitors and ECG, uh, this is ECG, everything, and everything was fine. And I got to, I the goal was to 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 have a VBAC, so I got to finally have my antenatal classes, which I never got at the first. And um, but they were so different because I had already had a section, so um, they were slightly different to what a norm, what, what your first. of experience would be but it was fine it was grand I got to got to find out I suppose what would happen during a VBAC and you know they said that all that they'll be able to do for me is break my waters they won't be able to do anything more because of the scar and um, it would be too dangerous and too risky. So I was like okay grand and so we got to about 38 weeks and the blood pressure just starts to increase slightly. Now I didn't have to go on any medication or anything like that but um they're just kind of monitoring me and then it got to 40 weeks and they were like okay look we're gonna start you on the medication. And I was like, do you know what? They said your cervix isn't favourable, so we'll need to start you on the medication now. And I said, look, I've gotten this far. I'll just take a section. Um, And then the next day, they said, OK, we've got one a slot free tomorrow. So do you want to come back in tomorrow? And had an elective section, which was an incredible experience compared to the emergency section.
3: You should celebrate yourself every day.
1: like you know my husband
0: just there at me you know he was there for all of the prep work, the the introduction, the sign of the forms, you know, we chatted away, we had we played cards at games, you know, things like that just to pass the time. And um, but I unfortunately got stuck behind a few emergencies. But again, I was I only ever kept the positives, you know, in my head is that I was one of those emergencies mm. two years ago. So I know how severe and how dangerous they, they can be. So look, it is what it is. So we were in there from six o'clock in the morning and uh, my son was born at twenty past eight that night. So it was a long, a long wait. Um and they you know they were like, look, you know, really sorry. I said look, I don't mind how long it takes as long as you just do it today. And they are like, yeah, that's fine. So um yeah, it was Grant. Uh, he was delivered perfectly and um, I tried breastfeeding and um, didn't quite work in the recovery room got a bit got going in the when I was down on the ward with him and kind of decided to combi feed him and um, so yeah I was doing doing good he was perfect it was six pounds 13 ounces he was good weight no preeclampsia no jaundice drank every meal of the bottle and more um you know there was no painful feeding there was no like winding there was just there was no alarms needed to be set and um, he woke for his feeds and um, so it was r- much better experience and um I was kind of I suppose a bit more what's the word comfortable or a bit more yeah. kind of relaxed knowing that that what what to do and 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 how it goes I remember my mother-in-law she would call in because obviously I couldn't drive and husband had to go back to work and like that baby ever awake and I was like no feed sleep feed sleep and and when you've got a two-year-old I suppose at home that you know they, they do take a look up a lot of your time so it's trying to balance balance both um but yeah perfect absolutely nothing wrong with them um and a lovely a lovely uh journey um that, that we uh that, that we got you to yeah definitely
3: so when did you decide to try conceive again
0: um so we got married then in 2018 and um we were talking just after we got married and we we're like you know we'd like we have one more and we did yeah but we were also in the process of you know possibly buying a house and things like that so you know I was trying to decide whether we did that first or have the or did, bought the house first or had had the baby first um, but again, I suppose with the way my periods were, um you know, just said, like, look, we'll, we'll see how we go. And um, if it happens, it happens, and if it doesn't, it doesn't. And in May 2019, um I was in work and I, was, I got this like really sharp, sharp cramp. You know, it wasn't like the ectopic pregnancy pain that I'd had. It was much worse, as like it crippled over to the point where I couldn't walk. I had to call an ambulance and. And they're like, you know, are you pregnant? And I was like, no, definitely not. Because I'd only taken a test like a couple oh. of days beforehand. And I was like, no, definitely not pregnant. And, um, you know, I don't know what it is. And um, so again, they were looking at possibly appendicitis. Uh, so rushed into tele-hospital and uh, they're like, um, you're pregnant. I was like, what? And they're like, yeah. Um, so I was scanned. They didn't have, they don't have the machines like they would have in, you know, the, the pregnancy hospital. So I did go for an ultrasound. the doctor confirmed there was a pregnancy and they could see heartbeat and a sack and everything so um they kept me in overnight and they like you know monitored me and I started to bleed a little bit but you know my uterus was still closed and everything was looked fine my womb was there so they're like okay well look we'll we'll send you home and we'll give you a referral letter and you'll need to go into to Hollis Street A&E because they they're better equipped to deal with
3: And how many weeks were you at that stage? I think I was only about five weeks.
0: Okay. See, it was very hard to tell because um, I I didn't know when I ovulated. So, like in my like, for if I would have gone by my last period date, I would have been like eight weeks pregnant. But then when you get the scan, it's like, well, actually, no, you're only five weeks or, or or something like that. So when when they did the proper scan and the measurements, I was five weeks. So they saw the heartbeat when I got to Hollow Street, everything was fine. Um, and the pain had kind of subsided. So they booked me and they said, look, we don't know, but the bleeding was still there. And they were like, look, we don't know if, you know, this pregnancy is going to survive. um, But we'll, we'll get you back in next week for another scan and we'll see how, how the week plays out. But so like, obviously if you've got any, you know that you need to come straight back in. Um, so I just continued to bleed the same amount that I would have been bleeding every day up until that point. And and um, then I went back in the next week later and um again it was like that you know uh Stan they're like well, what do you think I said I don't know I said everything's been kind of okay I said but I think you're probably going to tell me that it's you know that, that that I've lost the baby and she said yeah look unfortunately the, the the heartbeat is gone and she could it was just yeah it was gone so yeah that was tough I had my two um my two-year-old uh, my second child with me in the in the buggy because we didn't have a, a child minder and I didn't know that I was going to be going to be told that I had lost they, I just assumed that they were going to tell me everything was fine uh, so and started to call my husband then he'd come and collect me and it was just yeah it was look it wasn't nice um but I try not to dwell on 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 the losses because of all the positives that I've had and I always I remember going to um uh one of those uh four teller medium um uh, after I'd had the ectopic pregnancy, and you know, they said like these things happen for a reason, and I always just keep that in my mind. Like it's there's nothing I can there's nothing I can do. I can't I can't. There's nothing I could have physically done to, to change that scenario, and it just wasn't meant to be. And I don't I don't like to like I I couldn't I wouldn't I remember when they happened. I couldn't tell you the exact date. You know, I don't like candles. I like candles on the remembrance days, but I wouldn't. You know, I wouldn't. Dwell on it, you know, it, as as much as maybe other people would. Just it's just it's just how how I, I I am with it, you know. I've fully accepted that these babies just weren't supposed to be in my life, and I've got if I didn't have those situations, I wouldn't have the kids I have now. So, um, but yeah, so then then that that kind of uh, all the scans and stuff like that. Um, then obviously the I was referred then to the um. To gynecology until like then once that miscarriage happened because the cysts that would have been in my ovaries were still there from September or from from 2010 and 2011 so um then from 2019 right through to the I suppose the end of of last year it was like in and out of the hospital so from like May 2019 right through they had done uh, MRIs they were taking bloods all the time and um, they sent my husband in for sperm analysis just to see you know I suppose what's going what's going on. Um they started me on a drug called <laughs> I can't remember the name of the drug now. Um anyway, it's a drug for It's a drug for um they give it to women who have polycystic ovaries. So they decided after nearly nine years of being under their care that I had polycystic ovaries. And I remember, you know, going to my GP on a on a couple of occasions you know, because I'd have, you know, facial hair that shouldn't be there, you know, dark hair dark hair growing in places that they shouldn't grow. And I was like, I think I have polycystic ovaries. And they're like, well, look, you've had all these checks done and these scans done. So if you did, it would have been picked up by now. And uh, then I was in the gynecology clinic and this woman says, so we're going to, we're going to give you this, this medicine, you know, it's really good. It helps with um, polycystic ovaries and it tries to increase your, your your eggs and um, I was like what and they're like yeah I was like so do I have plenty to go to? and they're like yeah and I was like sorry no one has told me this you know so I was like but I knew I did and I kept asking the question and nobody would like the fact they brushed me off, and not, not just Hollis Street you now. Like obviously my own GP and any kind of the like I would have been in the gynecology clinic in Vincent's Hospital as well. So you know it wasn't just wasn't just Hollis Street. I, I don't I don't like to knock them at all because they're just incredible incredible people, um there. But yeah, so it was kind of like okay, well I knew it I knew it all along. Um, so then we kind of obviously we know we know with polycystic ovaries that it's very hard to get pregnant. So. I suppose that's where I was like, well, look, if I've gotten pregnant twice before, I should be able to get pregnant again. And um, there's a doctor in Hollow Street and she specializes in fertility. Now, my next step was to be referred to her by my own, by, by, by my gynecology uh, team and um, to discuss, I suppose, fertility for down the line. Um, but that didn't need to happen because after a couple of months of the metformin, um, I... Found out I was pregnant then in January this year with my pregnancy. So yeah, it was um it was a tough pregnancy at the start. Um you know it was very worrying because obviously with the miscarriage before you were like you didn't want to get your hopes up. And um, we had just between that we had moved we decided to move back home with my mum and dad because we wanted to get the final push for saving for our mortgage. So we kind of parked obviously the idea of having another baby at that time and um yeah, just, just kind of happened the way it was supposed to happen, I suppose. The um pregnancy journey obviously was was uh, was unexpected in the sense that we weren't expected to get pregnant. Now I was taking um folic acid and, and things like that, um, because obviously we just didn't know what way it was it, it was going to be first. But uh, yeah, so it was it was it was positive, um, positive pregnancy test in January and then went to my GP and again referred into the early pregnancy unit in Hollow Street where they confirmed everything was kind of grown as it should and then at about nine weeks i went to the toilet and a gush of blood came out and i was like oh no here we go um and i ran hala street and they're like look you know bleeding is not normal but it's not uncommon and you know see how you go for the next 24 hours and if it's you know perhaps progress- progressively worse or it's coupled to cramps you need to come into us and um, so the next morning i went straight in um after I'd kind of done all the motherly duties with my other with two children uh went straight in and yeah everything was fine you know the, the the baby was growing perfectly and I met this um lovely midwife can't remember her name now, but she was just so nice and she was like before she had scanned me you know she could see I was very upset and it was COVID obviously right in the midst of COVID so no partners were allowed in um and you know nobody there with me which was I, I get why you know COVID is obviously a, a very uh, serious issue. So you know I completely understand why the restrictions had to be in place, but it was still still tough. And uh, yeah, so she was like so nice. She was like she was like, look, we'll see what happens, and we'll 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 take it step by step, and we'll call your husband if something goes wrong. But look, everything's probably going to be fine, and you're just worrying over nothing. And she was right. So she can't. she's stands me, and she's like, look, there you go. There he there he is, or there she is jumping around, and. Yeah, it was nine. Yeah, nine or ten weeks, and yeah, it was perfect. So they're like, "Look, we come back, come back in a week." So they again sent me in again. I think actually it was coming up to my twelve weeks and anyway, uh, or twelve week appointment. Um, for your first first kind of time, so they're like, "Look, come back in a week, and we'll see how we go." And went back a week later, everything was perfect, and then just started the I suppose the proper pregnancy journey of going in and out of the hospital and between my GP for my doctor's appointments. And um, because my husband wasn't allowed in, we decided at uh, sixteen weeks we'd pay for the a scan and we'd find out the gender uh, at that time as well. And um, obviously, the the goal as well was to remove the cyst from my ovaries. So they decided that they were going to remove my um my my right ovary, my two tubes, and leave me with my left ovary and my uterus. So if I ever wanted to have uh, children again another child it would be down the road of IVF which just wouldn't be financially uh viable for us and three is perfect so I was like yeah look that's fine um you know that's that's perfect um so it was it, until I knew I suppose what I was having And um, I was you're always like okay well I should I sign these forms should I do this um And I was like, "Well, look, the cyst could become cancer, so we have to, we have to, we have to put that as priority." So I was like, "Yeah, okay, we'll do it." Uh, And they went for genders, and and um the lady, she was there. She's like, "What do you think? What would you like to have?" And I said, "Well, look, we just love a girl because we've had two boys, and it would just be like the icing on the cake of." you know such a tough pregnancy journey for for, for for us and she was like yeah you're having a girl and like they just screamed in the in the 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 room and my husband was there it was just so lovely so we got to, we came home we hadn't told anybody we hadn't told like our parents or anything that you're we pregnant okay and um, I don't know how I hit it I don't know how I did it I was puking it's definitely a completely different pregnancy to the, the other two like there was no symptoms at all with the other two just sore sore boobs and high um, for, for for my first two but this one I was vomiting all oh time. no one, oh, with, and yeah, you do the two two's look
3: after as well that's yeah. hard <laughs> so like I was
0: getting the kids ready for school and you know like we've got like an on in, in in the bedroom and I was like you know vomiting in the toilet with the door oh. closed and then my kids would be running in and they were, like what are you doing I was like shush I'm fine I'm fine because I didn't want anyone else in the house to know yeah. obviously <laughs> what was going on so you're, you're trying to do quietly and like not, not let anyone catch on while you're getting sick uh, because my mom, if she, had, if she had heard me getting sick, she'd have, she'd have twigged it straight away. Yeah. It would have been, she, she, there would have been no getting past her. I'm surprised, actually, I did manage to keep it from her for so long. She was like, I knew something was up because you just weren't eating your dinners. And like before that, like you'd be eating your dinner. i like, oh, man, this is gorgeous dinner. You know, and like really, really talking, talking about it and, and really enjoying it, clear the plate. And then obviously when I found out I was pregnant very shortly after, like I could barely eat half of what was actually you know chucking half it in the bin and just not really I'm like oh, i'm not really in the mood for dinner so she's like i should have coughed it and um, but yeah so uh, just just um vomiting with 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 her was just awful like constant um constantly puking but it, it subsided then after about about 20 weeks or so so it was fine but yeah um yeah so going to hollow street then for appointments and everything everything was was fine perfect I think I got to then about 28 weeks or 29 weeks and then the blood pressure started to creep in Um, I lost count of how many times they checked me for um, gestational diabetes every time I was in I had like a glucose challenge test at 12 weeks and um, one at 16 weeks and uh, they did the um the tolerance test and the challenge test uh, like six or seven times um, and eventually I was like why do you keep doing this and they're yeah. like well the results this week could be different next week i was like right okay i couldn't argue with them you mm. know um but uh yeah so we did that um no no gestational diabetes uh, but just high blood pressure so my doctor at 14 after 14 weeks she put me on one of those um monitors and she decided to start me on labetalol, which is a blood pressure drug and i started to take it and i would be like feeling really weak and i'd nearly be falling falling all over the place like my blood pressure would drop so low and so i went back to my consultant and she he was like look just stop taking it for now um and i just think my gp when um when when she had done the 24-hour test she had um just she had done it when i was really busy in work like a really hectic week on And i just think the blood pressure was just high from that whole thing and she decided to, to put me on it for whatever reason. And, um, and yeah, just, just negatively, it just didn't work for me. Like I was really sick. And my mom at one stage, she's like, will you just stop taking the medicine. It's not, it's not helping you. So I decided, right. Okay. I to the consultant and we stopped this. And then yeah, that was fine. Everything was perfect from, from that, that, that moment on, um, you know, had, had routine pregnancy, routine appointments, everything was grand other than the, constantly checking me for gestational diabetes and then about 28 weeks the blood pressure started to increase again and then they were like okay well will we admit you and I was like oh here we go so it's just like I stayed one night in the hospital and they're like look your blood pressure is fine now today so you can go home and it was just there was no protein in my urine so they couldn't diagnose it as preeclampsia uh, so just as was that it was hypertension I was just just had high blood pressure for the pregnancy so um yeah um that was it so I was in and out of the day ward every week in every every couple of days actually in in Hollis Street. so thankfully they didn't admit me um and once I suppose uh I got to kind of 39 weeks then they decided to to schedule me for the c-section um so yeah that's that's
3: kind of that's, that's, that's kind of what happened I'll just very ready yeah
0: yeah I was I was and Um, You know, it's very cooked and, you know, I could feel this is a completely different pregnancy to my first one. You know, I I could feel that things were going quite well and I just wanted to get this baby out. So, um, yeah, they booked me in for a section. Again, with COVID, obviously, my husband couldn't come in. um, So uh, he waited outside in the car. So what time did I go in at? I went in at seven o'clock in the morning and I think he came in then about one o'clock. No, it would have been about 12 o'clock. And she was born at half one then. So it was oh. like, it wasn't too bad, you know. I know there's there's a lot of people out there that have to sit in cars for hours and hours. And, you know, some people didn't get to see their birth at all and things like that. But, yeah, look, it was fine. And the people in the, the day ward are just lovely. And you get to talk to other moms as well that are having sections.
3: So, yeah, it was, it was good. You've had two planned sections. Can you, yeah. there's... A few people who I know who are expecting and they're they're going to have a plan section. as well. Do you want to just run through because it can be a really nice positive experience? Um, just run through what that looked like for you.
0: Yeah, so um, for me, it was it was just it was just so nice. You go in in the morning, all the midwives are there. You you're kind of seeing them from when they immediately start their shifts. They're all in, in in really happy form, and you get checked in and um, you get your lovely fancy socks. That you have to keep on you for the rest of your 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 time in the hospital um and they do your blood work and yeah you just sit and wait then until it's time to go up then they just before you get called you're sitting you're sitting in the room and there's a phone and every time it rings you're like is that me is it going to be me that's that's being kissed um so I think the phone rang once and there was a lady before me she got up and then the phone rang the second time and I was texting my friend at the time. I was like, I wonder if this is me. And she's like, I bet you it's you. And, and yeah, it was. So yes, so that was it. You wait for the phone to ring. And um, then you get brought up to the theatre. You drink this horrible licorice drink. Um, if you like it I don't like licorice. It wasn't that it was horrible. Sorry. Um, it's just, I, I don't like licorice at all. So um, yeah, you drink that. And it was actually nice because you haven't had water in, in so long as well. You're not allowed to drink beforehand. Um and yeah, then, then you get called in. So the, the section itself for, for my third um, obviously was going to be longer than your average section because they were doing all the additional work that goes with it. Um, and it was fairly tough trying to get the spinal block in. Um, it was really tough. um They tried four times. And on the fourth attempt, they said that if it wasn't going in, that they were going to put me to sleep. Uh, so it was nearly an hour wait trying for them trying to get the... The spinal block in some people are lucky, and the gaps between their spines are, are are much easier to access. Mine, unfortunately, wasn't. But look, you know, if they persevered and they, they they got there in the end, and yeah, then my husband came in very shortly after that, and within five minutes we had our baby in our arms, and this was a different a different experience because I could do like I could kind of specify what I wanted, and I was so determined this time around to breastfeed. Um, I really wanted to do it. I even I read about the um, so you do this uh, pumping or not pumping. You do like a collection beforehand, and you collect callus from thirty-seven weeks. So I did that. Um, I was so prepared for it. I read every book there was, joined every Facebook page there was, um, you know, and listened to everybody. No matter if I didn't agree with what they said or not, I just listened to it. every whatever anybody said. You know, took every piece of advice on board and decided then when I was in the midst of it what was going to work for me and what wasn't um so yeah um so I got to have skin to skin um which I never had with with the other two um and yeah it was just so nice um capturing my arms for the whole time and they're like look what do you want to do I said well look I'd love to try and breastfeed I said but you know baby comes first at the end of the day and if I can't do it and she's hungry like I have to feed her so I'll feed her whatever way it works for her and um the nurses in the recovery were just incredible there was this one girl and she just said right let's do this and she got a load of towels and, and get them around me and um within 10 seconds uh, she had latched on and was gone and and suckling away and I couldn't believe it I was like wow and you know they were like, "Look, it's perfect. Watch your jaw and everything like that." So it went really well at the start, um, and yeah, she spent the whole time I was in recovery just feeding, um, and it was just so lovely. I, I I got my husband to take photos of me, and that would never be me. I was like, "No, I wouldn't. You know, it just wouldn't be wouldn't be me." But I got him to take photos. I, I was videoing, you know, keep, you know, getting loads of kind of memories and, and experiences of It was it was just so lovely. And I do believe that, because I had done the, I had I'd obviously breastfed my, my second born uh, for a couple of weeks before you know, after he was born. And I don't think my experience would have been as positive with, or I I think it would have been more positive with him if I had done that collection uh, in, in the lead up to it. It's, it's only a new thing. Well, I mean, it's only in the last couple of years, but it certainly wasn't talked about when, when I was pregnant in 2015 and 16 with him. So um, I firmly believe that kind of got my, my boobs ready uh, for, for the milk. When you have a C-section, I suppose your milk takes a little bit longer to, to come in. Um, so, yeah, I definitely think that's, that's the reason why it worked. Um, and, yeah, I fed her for the first kind of two weeks solo, um, just just breast breast milk. Um, but with polycystic ovaries, you have a reduced supply of milk. So your milk, well, it doesn't happen to everybody, but with me, I just wasn't able to produce enough milk to keep her fed. So we were watching her weight gain and it was kind of dropping. It wasn't gaining as as, as fast as they would have liked. And I was like, oh, here we go again. they were like, oh, look, she looks a bit jaundiced." I was like, oh God, give me the formula. Just let's let's feed her. I'm not doing this again. Um, so they said, look, no, 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 we don't have to go. You don't jump straight into formula. They're like, look, maybe just give her a top up. So um, I think up until about nine weeks, yes. Yeah, so and like only last week, I was kind of feeding her myself and topping her up with a little bit of formula. Um, but obviously with a seven and five-year-old, it's a long, it's, it's time consuming, you know, and like breastfeeding is incredible. And I have absolutely loved every minute of it, especially at night time when you get up to make a bottle that you can bring her into the day, you know, not having to wake people up or turn on lights and literally, you know, you at her fingertips, and it's just been it's such a lovely experience. um But in the morning time, when you're trying to get the kids ready for school, my husband's a chef, so he works really long hours. He's gone from six o'clock in the morning till seven or eight o'clock at night. My mom and dad, obviously living at home, they they work too. They've got their jobs to go to. So, like, really, it's just me and my own. And as much as I've loved the journey, I just had to decide, I just had to make the decision to kind of put a more stable routine in. So, um, she's on formula now, but I've loved every minute of the the breastfeeding journey. Um, and I do it I do it again in a heartbeat if
3: put. Did you feel a difference in the physical recovery in compar- in comparison to your second cesarean?
0: I felt no difference. So obviously they had taken the my my other stuff away and. Everyone said, "Well, you do this research." I'm a Googler. I'm, I'm a, uh, I, I'm an avid Googler. I just think, you know, if, if I've got a headache, you know, Google all these symptoms. Every, you know, that's just me. And I remember doing some research on it. and They were like, "Look, you know, it's going to be a much harder recovery, and it's going to be harder on your body." And so I was like, I was prepared mentally for the aftermath of what was to come. And I think because I did the, the the midwives come to your house after you've um they take your stitches out at home. And I think it was like day eight after the section day nine and the midwife wife came and she was like, Okay, so um if you lie down there and I will just have a look at your scar. And you know, you just pull yourself to sit back up again. Mm-hmm. I just jumped straight back up and she's like, Whoa, are you okay? And I was like, Yeah, I'm fine. She was like, I'm, I'm grand. I said, actually, can I ask you? I said, I've you know, I've been told that this is going to be really, really tough recovery. I said, but I'm I'm fine. And she was like, If you're fine, you're fine. You're gonna be grand. She said, some people just don't, don't recover as quickly as you. She said, I was at a woman who's had the exact experience, third section, ovaries removed and she needs more painkillers and she can't get up. She said, so just keep doing whatever you're doing. Mm. And I said, is something going to happen? Like, am I just going to wake up one day and not be able to move? She said, no, no, you're doing fine. So. Um I was like grand like my doctor kind of cleared me to drive after 4 weeks he said like you're doing fine the scar the scar healed um just not as well as the other two um sections it's healed now but it just took a little bit longer with the third section that's the only thing um the only difference uh in terms of recovery was just the scar healing was a little bit longer and i had one of those pico dressings as well so it kind of kept the wound um free of kind of all i suppose bacteria and things like that so Yeah, like it was fine. I, I I couldn't fault. You know, like I suppose as, as as it goes, I was, you know, I'm I'm fine. Yeah, it was it was a good recovery.
3: Your outlook is amazing throughout your 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 all of your experiences. Your outlook is 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 so positive.
0: Yeah, them, yeah I just have to like we've had so much negativity in our lives mm. you know with COVID and, and everything that's been going on I've lost relatives oh you know in the past couple of months and things like that and like you just have to be positive you have to be full what you've got and you know as, as I've said so many times to you know, so many people like like we shouldn't have kids really because polycystic ovaries is you know it's it's so detrimental to fertility you know there's very few women out there that can that can do it or struggle very and I have to go down the route of IVF and you know so much money and travel and expenses to just have a baby and here I am I've I've had three without any medical intervention realistically like you know I haven't had to spend a penny trying to get them so I have to I have to look at it like that you know.
3: Thank you so much for sharing. I really appreciate it. Oh,
0: thanks to me for your
3: time thanks, talk Katie, to you soon? Bye. Uh, bye bye bye. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you would like to share your story, as always, you are more than welcome to. Just get in touch over on the website, Arlandsbirthstrows.e, or you can reach out by um, via email, correlatarlandsbirthstrows. Have a good week. Look after yourselves and chat to you soon.